Bill McMahon from Makeable Bob Church, and this is the Way to Go podcast, where we talk about faith, family, and daily life, putting the Bible into practical, everyday terms. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I am Bill McMahon. Along with me is Steve Sargent. Now, I love Steve being here. Steve, we've been doing, and we've talked about it before, probably since 2016, we were doing radio shows together like every three weeks, it seemed like to me. And then when we left that and started doing our own podcast, mm-hmm. then Steve, come on, man, let's do podcasts together. Right. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. So it's like we're in seven years it's- working together. <laughs> now, one thing that I do know about, you know, I noticed that when you came in here is you got a shoe collection because I'm looking at your chucks that you're wearing right now. These Converse mm-hmm. shoes. Is that like, Mud color? Like, what color? Is it gold? Uh, it's it's a gold-like color. It's gold. Well, I'm colorblind, so I couldn't tell oh. if it was, like, gold or brown. Oh. Is it mustard color? Yeah, it's Is it, mustard. like, dark? But it's stadium it's, it mustard. It is a mustard-like gold. Yeah. But more of a stadium mustard, I think, mm. not, like, a yellow yeah. gold. Yeah. So can you flip them up on the well, table here? No. <laughs> I, I have about a dozen. And I, I when I go to uh, other cities, I collect. I spend an hour in the Converse outlet, don't tell anybody, in one section debating about three different pair of shoes and they were like 20 bucks a piece. No kidding. And I, bought, like, I love them about like three pair. Yeah. They don't have much yeah. for arch support. Yeah. That's the only thing I don't but like you know, about them. They don't have like real good arch support. They're real comfortable for me. But I they're good. Them. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, good. I just, but I it them. matches your shirt. Yeah. I, I think. Problem, and I like that. I have a problem like that. And your hat. Yeah. So, so sorry. You're matching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that's what you got to do because you know, you're looking someday for a missus. So you got to match. To me, Mary guys, my shoes don't have to match the rest of me. You know what I mean? It just, I really, I've been that way most, like most of my life. I just have a thing about it. And I I do realize it doesn't matter that much to people. It's probably some kind of, I'm sure they'd have a a term for it in the other fields. (laughs) No, I mean like matching, (laughs) you know, color coordinating. (laughs) We have CR. (laughs) <laughs> no, listen, man, this is me. This is how bad I am. Like, I'm just so busy. Like, I do love Converse, and I actually thought about getting a different color. I would like black and gray. Yeah. Like, everywhere I'm like, well, black goes with everything. So, you, you can make fun of me. It's like, Bill, your shoes match your shirt, too. Yeah, I know. You're right. I'm crying. <laughs> I should have done something differently. But, no, I'm just busting your chops. That's because your right. one buddy, Elijah, wanted one of me, too, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He so told he, me about that. Yeah, he said, you know, you, you got to keep him uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the secret to the show. Keep Steve uncomfortable. You're going to have a good show. You make me uncomfortable when you talk about the Browns, so... Yeah, well, that hey, well, that's coming up in other shows. We're going to be doing that. I don't know. They didn't have a draft pick till the third round. It's kind of kind of sad. But anyway, uh, one of the things I was thinking about today, uh, I was reading this in my Bible reading in Mark, and they were talking about the seed sower parable. So seed sower parables, like farmer gets out there, plants a seed. Remember the soils, right? Mm-hmm. Hard ground, that's the path. And then there's a weedy soil, and there's shallow soil, and there's good soil. And then they're like, well, what does that mean, Jesus? Right? And then he starts talking about the hard soil. And he said that basically what happens when that happens is the sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path. And where the word is sown, they hear Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Like Satan comes in like a bird coming and eating the seed that's on the path because it's so hard. The bird just comes and gobbles it up yeah. that the gospel about Jesus Christ can hit somebody's heart and their heart be so hard that Satan comes right in and plucks it. Yeah, it never gets a chance to take root. Right. So therefore, the impact of the gospel is never felt in their lives. Right. And 
a lot of times in those situations, those people will have a tendency to believe it's not true. It's not real because it never penetrated their heart. Right. That's true. But what about, what do you think about Satan's interest in it? Oh, why not leave it alone? I mean, if you're Satan, why not just leave it alone? Well, because he has a job. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. And um, no better way to do it than to stop the seed from ever um, penetrating, growing, germinating, and becoming a full-fledged change in their lives. Let's get it before it ever gets to them. Right. So what's he afraid of? He's afraid of what that person can become. Right. And and they would become a threat to him and his object and his job description and his kingdom. Right. Absolutely. So he's, I, I, he's good at what he does. Right. He doesn't want, it seems to me sometimes that Satan understands the value of the gospel better than we do. You're exactly right. Don't you think? I, I agree with you. Because if we've gotten so used to it, and I, and by the way, would, could I be guilty of this? Absolutely. You're so used to the gospel. I've been hearing about it since I was probably four years old, maybe five. Do you hear about it your whole life? Mm-hmm. You... It's so in you, it's so absorbed in you, you almost forget there are a lot of people who don't have that. There's a lot of people that don't think like that. Like, they don't have that transformed thinking. They're not thinking, let's say, uh, to be loving or be a servant like Jesus Christ was, or the morality, the Ten Commandments, all these kind of things, the power to change life is just not in there. And for him, he, Satan so values that seed and is so concerned about it. He's going to pluck it every chance he gets. Yes. He understands the value and the power of the gospel. Yes. And that's, that's the thing we should look at. Like, wow, he knows how potent it is. Right. If he allows it to just, you know, germinate, to be planted, grow and develop in a person, what they will become. So he has to try and stop it even before it gets to that point. Right. That it amazed me to think about that, mm-hmm. that the power of evil, like a personal thinking, scheming power is going to come in and snatch that seed because they're fearful of what it would do. Yeah. Now, if Satan is afraid of the gospel, we should be equally that much in love with it yes. and that much trying to promote it because this is, he understands this, the change agent. We need to understand that's a change agent mm-hmm. too, that this is something that can truly transform a person's life. Yeah. If you're going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. The gospel of the kingdom is dynamite, right? Uh, it destroys it. It, um, I mean, it's like that secret weapon, right? You, you know, like during world war two when we developed hydrogen and, and uh, atomic bomb, and it was like a secret. Nobody else had it, and we had right. it. And we were able to to really end the war a lot faster than what we would have, especially right. with Japan. And that's what the gospel is. And, right. the, and the devil knows it. Satan right. knows that. He knows the power that it has. Because the gospel is uh, it really the, the um, birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. That's the story that conquers right. the devil. Right. And he knows that. He doesn't want people to take hold of that and understand the power in that because their lives will change forever if they ever allow it to really grow in them and they experience, you know, Jesus Christ like that. And so he's, you know, he has a real serious mission to stop that from ever happening. Right. I would, I agree with you, brother, 100%. You know, the devils or the Satan, whatever you want to call him, his uh, biggest power is to just make us not believe. Right. 
just not believe that. Oh, that's not true or that's not real. And he'll have a lot of different reasons for us to to think it's not real or it doesn't really work or it's just not for me. Right. You know, it may have worked for mom or dad, but it's no, it's just not for me. That was then. It doesn't happen now. And uh, when he can convince us of that, then, you know, he's winning. I think we have to be aware of it. One thing I I, I was teaching in theology in this year and they were talking about God's work and making angels. And we were talking about Satan. And one thing the theologian was cautioning about and he's writing his book is you don't want to overthink about it. Mm-hmm. You want to be aware of it. You don't want to give him too much credit. I think for some people they're giving Satan way too much yes. credit right. because they think he's every little thing. If somebody sneezes, that's the devil. If somebody, I'm being absurd, <laughs> but seriously, if, if your husband has an anger problem, he's got a demon. Yep. If your mm-hmm. if your wife has, you know, if she's moody, he's got yeah. a demon. <laughs> Like we need to get that demon out of there. And sometimes you can start causing a lot of damage when you're misdiagnosing people spiritually yeah. and what's going That's on. Exactly right. And I think for us, like I have to be the one not saying that Steve, you ought to hurt him. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's got a sneaker demon in him. I know he does. He's <laughs> him and these sneakers. You know what I'm saying? I just know there's some problem with him. It's not my place. I need to evaluate my own life. Right. Not be sitting there looking at you and thinking about you and the devil's doing this like, no, you better, that's what the devil wants you to yeah. do. The devil wants you, if, if he's going to win, he's going to have you looking at everyone else but you. And not seeing your own self. I, I heard a story right. once where the devil was uh, 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 complaining, like, I'm sick and tired of everybody just lying on me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you blame for everything. And every Everything's not him, really. <laughs> Well, look, here's the fact. I mean, we're, 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 we have temptation because of our own lust and oh, evil yes. desires. And that says it right in James one, you know, mm-hmm. that's more enticed. One time I was trying to do the math when there was like 6 billion people on the planet and how many places Satan would have to be at one time. If everyone had six, if everyone was tempted six times a day, mm-hmm. which is not unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. If every single person on the face of the earth experienced six temptations and we're going to blame it all on the devil, how fast would he have to move? Yeah to get that done. And, and it was completely unreasonable for a creature that has to be in one place at one time. Mm-hmm. Now there's, uh, there is demonic activity. There is evil for sure. And it says in talking about the armor of God, it says that in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So obviously your job is a shield of faith to protect yourself from those darts that Satan is going to take, because evil is going to throw stuff at you. And I do believe the devil pitches stuff at people. Oh yeah. Don't you? Yes. He does. To discourage. Yeah. Cuz it should throw you off your um uh, your mission, your goal. Like I said, if he can just get us to not not believe. Right. And belief can involve discouragement. Um you know, we can get uh, off focus with anger and other issues right. that naturally come our way and become overpowering and overbearing right. Right. in our our walk with God and it can throw us off. Right our path. And we forget, I can tell a story once um, when I used to work, um, in my other life. <laughs> um, so we had a, a staff meeting. And so one of our supervisors were instructing staff on policies and what have you got into an argument with another staff member to prove something that was going on in the kitchen that we weren't doing. So they storm out of the room to go to the kitchen to show like, this is what's not happening there. Meanwhile, <clears throat> there was a person that we serve who was having um, an episode like uh, an anxiety attack or something and couldn't breathe. Right. They stormed by them going to the kitchen to settle this little frivolous argument right. 
while this person was, I mean, they weren't dying, but it looked like it. They definitely needed medical attention and just went by him two times, never saw it. And that's what the devil does to us. Right. Just throw us off enough to where we can't see the real calling and mission and focus of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, that could be getting you in a fight with a friend or a spouse, and then suddenly your mind's off the gospel or praying or helping because you're so consumed with a little problem that was over whatever, you know, you said or didn't say, and pretty soon you're missing the point. Yeah. Totally. But he said that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That is a real potential for there to be evil out there. And I think that we just need to be aware of it. And I think social media with temptation, just be aware of it. I mean, you don't know. I mean, this, this world, Martin, Martin Luther, and he wrote that song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, yes, right? One of my favorites. It wasn't part of the wording, this world with devils filled or mm-hmm. something to that effect. You know, it, yeah, it, they're, they're definitely problems. So why couldn't Satan influence somebody who's not even a believer, somebody who's far away, to come give you a hard time or come bring temptation in your life? or send you their way because they're trying to distract you from your powerful job of being a good witness and a good light. Yeah. That, yeah. Because that's what he does. And you can see, so be aware. you see throughout the Bible, even great people like uh, the prophet Elijah, um, obviously like the disciples, especially Peter, um, who were great men and had great callings and great missions on their life who either fell into the discouragement realm or the unbelief realm or in Peter's sake, in this case, he, actually denied knowing who Christ right. was. And so the devil can do that. Right. You know, as we can't depend on our own power and experience alone to have a relationship with God. We depend on right. Jesus Christ to have that relationship. Right. But greater is the one that's in you yes. than the one that's in the world. And again, a lot of these things where I want to focus on my life and just be aware in my own life that, Hey, there can be problems. I don't want to be pointing out to everyone else. You, 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 Correct. you, you Correct. have this, 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 this problem. I think that to me, I remember uh, in the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. that one of the distractions that the, and it was the whole theory was it's just a story, okay? It's, it's fiction. It was just his musing from C.S. Lewis of how evil might try to trip you up. So every demon had a responsibility for someone. So this one, Wormwood, his, his, whatever person he was supposed to be watching over becomes a believer and what do what, well make them focus on everyone else's sin. (laughs) Like that's what they, they need to do. Make them look at all the things that he doesn't like about, you know, his mother in this case, you know, all the things that she does to annoy him. And then pretty soon you're going to be, instead of showing her the love that you should be showing her, all you're thinking about is all the things she's doing wrong. And you're so spiritual because you can see this now. <laughs> I can see how bad you are right. and you're walking past obvious opportunities to actually live the Christian life because the Christian life is not about me evaluating you and telling you how bad you are. Mm-hmm. The Christian life is supposed to be, uh, I'm supposed to be serving. I'm supposed to be loving. Right. Yes, that's right. And that's what Jesus said by this, that, that, uh, all people would know that we're his disciples. It's the love that love we one have. another, and it's not. It doesn't mean you're in total agreement, or I agree with what you're doing, or how you live. But the love I have for you through Jesus Christ in me is stronger than how I may disagree right. 
with whatever you're doing or what you, right. your, you know your opinions are, et cetera. And Christ can do that in us to the right. point where you can take maybe the most, what we look at and say the most evil or wicked person and they encounter the love of Jesus Christ in us. Right. At a minimum, it'll give them something to think about. Right. <laughs> I would agree a thousand percent on that one too. He, he was saying, I mean, see, the screw tape letters are super interesting. Okay. I mean, they deal with all kinds of ways that a person can face temptation. And he was spelling out like one of the things is, and it was during World War II, but it's so current even for today because he said one of the things that you can get caught up into is the nationalism or the the side of, oh, you know, we're on yeah. this side. And pretty soon, you know, as a Christian, I need to be on this side for us in our day of the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. And you're, this is what all your writing's about. And he said pretty soon you've forgotten the whole mission of Christ. Yeah. You've forgotten everything you're supposed to be doing because you're so caught up. And they said that's what Satan loves for you to do is just get caught up on these radical elements, these more radical thoughts, and just put all your time and energy into that, ripping on anybody who's the counterpart and the opposite. Mm-hmm. And your time is no longer really into the Word of God. You you think you're following the Word of God and doing it, but then you're actually supplanting the Word of God yeah, that's by right. just finding truths to support your side or where you feel you fit in, right? Yeah, that's a very good example. Right. Because it's easy to get caught up in things like that. Right. But to stay focused on what Christ has called us to, and the closer we are to him, which is through his word, prayer, and things of that nature, the less less likely we are to get distracted by some of the things that are going on, even things that may you know perk our interest. But we stay focused on him, and we see, even in those things, an opportunity to let the love and the light of Jesus Christ shine. I think you're on to it there with the light and love of Christ. Like mm-hmm. that's my job. Jesus Christ came full of grace and truth. Yep. And the things that I need to be full of are grace and truth. And when you have like, I'll hear people telling me like, yeah, they put up something Christian and next thing you know, a non-Christian writes on and, and a bunch of other Christians are just ganging up on them and mm-hmm. basically telling them they're going to hell and, you know, eternal damnation awaits. And it's like, and that's the way like you want to witness to the world. Why don't you just say, Hey, you know, we really care about you. We'd love to invite you to come out, yeah. you know, to church and see what it's all about. And not, I don't know, not get into well, that yeah. attacking defensiveness. I think a lot of times people, when they, one thing I've noticed, cause I'm a pastor and I've been in church for years. I've mm-hmm. been in church since I was a kid. I'll hear people describe church and wonder, what are you even talking about? Like they honestly think like the church just sits around sometimes I think and think and and talks about transgender, Mm -hmm. talks about gays. Like that's all we talk about. Mm -hmm. We just sit around where in fact is those topics rarely ever come up. We're not sitting around bashing people of anybody. We're not bashing Democrats. We're not bashing Republicans. We're not bashing anybody. Right. We're just inviting people to come to Christ right. and, and teaching you practical truth on how to live. Yeah. Like, Hey, here's what the church is. That's what we're on right now. Here's why it's important. I'll be talking to moms and leaving a legacy of faith. It's not about bashing. We're not, we're just up there, you know, spewing hate. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, some radical, radical right wing. And I think everyone sees the most radical position that they can find and then paints all of us. Yeah. That's right. With we that, all, we right? all catch it. That's true. Right. But when you look at the life of Jesus and see how he approached people and how he was approached by people, even people he disagreed with or lifestyles right. he disagreed with it, he handled it with a love, um, a divine love. Right. 
and with an ultimatum. Right. Not like, oh, you're bad. You're doomed to hell. Leave me alone. Right. He never said that. Right. Even though it might have been true. Right. He never said it. His approach to them right. was that of hope, transformation, and not just by what he said. Crowds followed Jesus like a rock, like he was a rock star. Not because, okay, he's a great speaker. It's what he did. No, he we saw people right. hungry. He fed them. Right. Like he didn't have to go to the food pantry. Right. He worked a miracle for everybody to right. eat. And it wasn't like, well, if you, you believe I'm Christ, come stand on this side and you're going to eat and the rest of you and you just go home. Right. Whoever was in the audience, right. regardless, right. he fed them all. Right. He cared. He was also a man of prayer. Yes. And I think that was yes, one thing. A lot if of you want to defeat that. evil in your life, I would battle. I, I'm not saying you have to be on your knees. I'm just saying I would pray. We mm-hmm. say it a lot of times as if all prayers on the knees, I think just pray, you know, whether you're walking and praying, you're kneeling and praying, you're sitting and praying, just pray. I think prayer is the way to win. Sure is. You've got to be, you've got to be praying for your situation. I mean, why you, we need God's help. Mm -hmm. We really do. And that shield of faith is what extinguishes the flaming darts of the evil one. That's what it is. It's just my faith is my confidence in God. Right. So anyway, well, I appreciate you coming in and helping us with this podcast and talking about a few of these things. So value the gospel. I mean, that's one thing I would, I would say from this one, you know, love people like Jesus Christ. Don't, don't sit there and look at everyone else and what they're doing wrong. I think that's what evil would love us to do. What we need to do is evaluate our own lives. Where are we? Are we praying? Are we reading our Bibles? Are we doing the things that we should be doing? Right. Right. So have a great and a blessed week. 